different issues. And, and we tend to ask God a lot of questions. We, we, things don't go our way, we ask why. We have something, misfortunate happens, we, we say why. And the problem typically is that we, we think God is altogether like us. The scripture says that. We, we think he ought to do things the way we would do it or the way we think he should do it. That he should seek our counsel on those things. But God does things his way and we don't always understand that. So we ask him why. So the thought of that came was then, then does God ever ask us why? And we've seen that several times. You know, why are you fearful? Why are you so fearful of death? Why are you, um, why are you worried about your, your clothing and whether I'm going to provide for you or not? You know, why, why, are, why are you standing there? Why are you standing there idle? We looked at that last week. And we're going to continue in that series this morning. But I got way ahead of myself. Listen, I've told people, if I don't write it down, it doesn't happen. Anybody that way? If you don't put it on a piece of paper, it doesn't happen. So last week, I didn't put in my notes, slides, slides right here. So I know y'all want to see these pictures, right? The pictures I've been showing. So I want to show you something and say, tell me what you see. What do you see there? Oh, come on. Don't say a moth. Y'all don't see a moth. Sorry, I knew the answer to this test. You see an owl, right? Or, or it looks like an owl. You see that? How many of you see that what I'm talking about? It looks like an owl. All right, now let's show the next picture. Someone already gave it away. Someone knew the answer. So yeah, it's a moth. And it's amazing. It's a, isn't it just amazing how that thing just evolved to look like a, uh, an owl to scare away the predators? Isn't that amazing how it, 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 this, is, this, the genes in it knew if I look like something it doesn't even have any comprehension of? It is so ridiculous when you start looking at evolution and the teaching of evolution, the ridiculousness of it. The, the truth is God said, I'm going to create this moth and I'm going to put this protection on it. I'm going to make it look like a predator. So some bird's coming down and goes, oh, I thought that was something. That, it's not that. It's something else. So look, this is all that said to say this. We have to be careful when we see things that we're not seeing it from our perspective. We need to see it from God's perspective. So we're going to look at something a little different this morning. Now, there are three events in the life of Christ that get a lot of attention. And if I surveyed the congregation this morning, it'd be easy for you to tell me. So we talk about Jesus' birth, right? That's a big, that was a big deal. We talk about his death. And then we talk about his resurrection. Those three things, there's a lot of recognition for that. We got holidays for that. We have Christmas coming up. We'll have Good Friday coming up. And then later in the early part of next year, we'll have Resurrection Sunday. You know, so we'll, we'll recognize those events. But there's an event that's not listed there that is a major event that, that we really don't talk about a lot. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. It's the ascension of Jesus Christ, and it's neglected by comparison. You know, you go to Hallmark, you go to the store, and you go to the card section, you look at the Hallmark cards, you're not going to find a Happy Ascension Day card. They're, they're just not there. But it is a holiday. It's, it, 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 it's a day that we should give much attention to. It's something that we should think about. And I'm going to help you understand that hopefully today. Um, I don't know that I've, I'd ever heard a message preached on the ascension. But that's what we're going to be talking about this morning as we look at why. And we'll get into the, the what is the question here in a moment. But Acts chapter 1, the, the, this, this is Luke writing here. And he says, it begins in verse 1. He says, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to uh, do and teach. Verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering 
by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now we have here verse 3. We really have, this is, this is it's inside information. Because you get some information right here, we don't get anywhere else in Scripture. But we, we understand that from the resurrection to the ascension, there's 40 days. We know the Lord, Lord was here 40 days after he rose from the, from the dead. And we see it right there in verse 3, 40 days. Now, what was he doing in those 40 days? Well, we see that by many infallible proofs, he was presenting himself by many infallible proofs. And those are, those are undeniable. They're, 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 these are proofs that you really can't, you can't deny them. They're, they're infallible. They don't fall. They don't fall apart. And and so what he did is all through those 40 days, he presented himself and, and people saw him alive. And there was no denying to the point there was no denying. We have better, we have better understanding of Jesus' resurrection than we do have many things in history that we would accept as absolute fact. And we've got a whole lot more, more information to this. In fact, Jesus was seen by individuals, one, of, one, a couple over here, three over there, five smaller group over there. And then he was seen of as many as 500 at a time, but over 500 people saw him. I witnessed him into the fact that there was written later that, look, go talk to these people. They're alive today. Go talk to them if you have question about whether Jesus rose from the dead or not. I'm telling you he was resurrected. I saw him with my own eyes. But you can go see all these other believers who saw him with their own eyes and, and and, and, and so it was many infallible proofs. So the Lord was proving his resurrection from the dead in, the, in those 40 days. He showed that to them. But the other thing he was doing, he was teaching about the kingdom to come. We, we see that, the, the kingdom of God. He says, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So we find right here what the Lord is doing in those 40 days. Now we come to verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he's again, he's telling the disciples what is about to happen. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They still don't get it. At this point, they still don't get it. They do not get what Jesus is doing. They still think he's come to rule and to reestablish Israel and to be the, the leader of, of conquering Israel at this point. That was not God's plan. Verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know times and seasons which the Father has put in his own, uh, put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Now, we, we would understand, we read that. He says two men. We, we, we understand there, there's two angels there. They're in white apparel. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But understand, that's not just two strangers walked up. These are two angels that have appeared to give a message to them. And now in verse 11, we find our question for this morning. Though it doesn't come from God, it does come from God. It comes through these angels that are here speaking. But look at verse 11. It says, who also said, men of Galilee... Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? That's our question this morning. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will soon come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now there's about four things I want to share with us this morning, but let's just pray real quick uh, before we start. Father, 
Again, thank you for our time together, our time of worship, uh, of lifting up your holy name uh, in praise and worship and adoration. Father, thank you for the blessing of, of salvation as we have, have, have praised you for that this morning, Lord. Every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday. Lord, we're here because of that one truth, that one truth that you were risen from the dead and through that you, you gained victory over death, hell, sin, and the grave. And that if we would trust Jesus, if we would call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. So Lord, those of us this morning that have put our faith and our trust in you, we worship you and we praise you and we thank you for that as our, as our creator God and our savior almighty. Lord, we, we ask this morning, if there be even one that's here that does not know you, as Savior. They've never come into a true, born-again faith relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray today would be that day. Speak to their hearts, Lord. And for us as believers, I pray we'll learn something this morning. Maybe we'll, we'll, it'll be something that we've heard before. It'll be a refreshing. Maybe this morning it'll be something all new. But Lord, it'll be something that's profitable that will encourage us and, and draw us closer to you. So bless now in this time around your word and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one I want to look at is this. Is the ascension marked the end of Jesus' earthly ministry? That's why this was an important time. When you talk about the resurrection, he rose from the dead. He is bodily. He is risen in his earthly body. He is risen from the dead. He'll live forever. And now there's 40 days and we come to this point of his ascension that he is taken up. We see that. It says he was taken up. He was lifted up all for the earth. And, and it says in verse 2, he was taken up. Verse 9, he was taken up. Verse 11, um, he was taken up. He Who was taken up? And then if you read on, on down further, in verse 22, it tells us again, he was taken up. The Lord was taken up off of the earth. He was ascended from here. He went into heaven. And this, this, this Jesus' work on earth is complete. That's what this ascension marks, is the end of his work. Hebrews 1.3 says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had, listen, by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. When he, he didn't have help. Mary didn't have to help Jesus save anybody. There are pictures, there are places in, 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 over in Rome that would indicate that, that, that I think there are, there are statues or pictures that show Mary on the cross. Mary didn't go to the cross. Mary didn't die for our sin. Jesus Christ died for our sin. He alone purged our sin. He alone did the work of salvation. And then he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high by himself. No help was needed. Jesus purged our sin and he secured our salvation. And he sat down. Did you know that in the tabernacle, among, that, that among all the furniture of the tabernacle, there was no chair? There were a lot of things in the tabernacle, but there was no chair. Why was there no chair? Well, you see, their work was never done. The work was never finished. The blood of, of goats and, and bulls and doves could never take away sin. It was only a type of Jesus Christ. It was a temporary thing. And so you only sit down when your work is done. Jesus ascended to, seven, to heaven and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. We read on Hebrews 10, 12 says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever... 
So, so Jesus, you know, there's those that will teach that the Lord is crucified again. When you sin, that he has to go through that again. He goes through. No, one sacrifice. He once, he went to the cross. He paid for it. One time, he died. He paid for the sin. He paid for the sins forever. And the scripture says he sat down at the right hand of God. So Jesus sitting down gives us confidence that he has completed all the necessary work to save us. He sat down. He didn't continue to work. He didn't continue to do. He had done all that needed to be done. When he ascended, he ascended because his work was complete. The work here on earth was done. Every religion on the face of this earth will tell you this. Do, 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 and then hope that you get in. That's what it says. But see, here's what real salvation is. Here's what Christianity is. It's, you know, we don't have a religion. Folks, we're Baptist. I guess that would be religion, but it's not. We're not, I'm not religious. I'm not, Baptist ain't getting me to heaven. Baptism ain't getting me to heaven. This church membership ain't getting me to heaven. It is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only way. And real salvation is this. Jesus has done all the doing and there is nothing left to do that can be done we want to still do we want to well well, what must I do we're like the Philippian jailer what must I do to be saved there's nothing to do it's all been done it's now believe it is by faith it is received what he has done all the work is done as Jesus said on the cross it is finished he didn't say it's almost done He says, it's done. It's finished. The work is done. And Jesus sat down. The work of salvation was finished. His work here on earth was complete. So the ascension marked the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. And as John Phillips said, he said, what started in a manger ended in a cloud. His earthly ministry. So that's point one. Number two, Jesus' ascension showed. Now, y'all stay with me here. Okay, don't jump ahead of me and don't go, uh-uh, when I say this, all right? Jesus' ascension showed that he wasn't coming back. See, stay with me. Y'all are all going, uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't get ahead of me. Verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. We just read this. Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will soon come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now, I don't understand the language there. I know what they said and I know what they heard. And what they heard was, why are we standing around? Look look at this situation, though. The apostles are there. That's the crowd that was there. The 11 apostles are there. The Lord's been teaching them. He was talking with them. And now he is rising up. He is rising up. He's going up. He's going up into the clouds where they can't see anymore. He's going so far they can no longer see him. And they're standing there and they're watching. I mean, just get it. You're a disciple now. We had a rocket launch a few weeks ago. And we stood out there and we watched. And it was gone. I kept watching. I don't know. Maybe it's going to come back. I don't know. But that's what we do, right? Now, just imagine these guys. That, 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 these two guys now, they come in these white clothing. We saw them before, remember, Resurrection Sunday. There were those two men in, in white apparel. Maybe it's the same two angels. And they said, why do you seek the living among the dead? And so, so here, they're coming and they're telling them, you know, why are you standing gazing into heaven? But can't you relate to them? 
You know, if I'd have been there, I'd have been looking straight up into the sky. I'd have been staring. I'd have been, oh, is he coming back? What's going on? They needed to hear what was going on. And, and we got to be wondering that. So I remember the space shuttle launches. When the space shuttle launched, what did we do? We looked up, right? You looked up. You don't look at the ground. You look at where the action is. You're looking up. When there's a solar eclipse, where does everybody look? They look up. Hey, look where the action is. Look, they had just seen Jesus in, 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 in the three years of ministry. They had seen Jesus do just about everything, okay? They watched him heal the sick. He had fed a huge crowds with next to nothing. He had walked on water. He had raised the dead. And, and, now, um, and, and now even he's come back to life. I mean, they've seen him do all these things. And they think, oh, I mean, we've seen it all. And then the Lord just begins to float off the ground. How many of you have ever seen those, those guys on the street that levitate? You ever seen that? You know, you see the videos. I think they're all doctored up. But they have people standing there, and they're out in Vegas, that David Blaine or whatever, and he'll levitate. Now, I don't know the trick. I don't know how he does it. But it's a trick. He, don't, he can't float. But, but imagine, if I'm there, I'm, I'm going to be a little freaked out if a guy starts floating up off the ground. You know what I'm talking about? He's... he's He's levitating. He's doing it. That's crazy. So they now, they've seen all these things. They think nothing else could happen. And here the Lord just starts to rise up. And they're watching him. And they're watching him. So he's rising up. And, and so you can understand how they, how they must be feeling. And, 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 you know, one minute he's on the ground. The next minute he's 100 feet up. He's 200 feet up before you know it. He's, he's up above the birds. And then he vanishes into this cloud. This cloud takes him. He goes into the cloud. It's like an airplane. Sometimes you watch them and they go in a cloud and you don't see them anymore. It's that kind of thing. And they're watching. And they don't know what's going on. Is he, is he going to come back down? Why did he float up? Why did he do that? Is he coming back down? What's going on here? So forgive these guys if they're a little awestruck and staring up into heaven. Because we'd probably be doing the same thing. Luke tells us here in verse 9 that Jesus disappeared into a cloud. He was taken up and, and the cloud received him out of their sight. You know, so Peter's there. Peter's seen a lot of things. Peter might have even said, hold on, hold on, guys, don't leave. You know, I've seen him do things like this before. He's, he might come back. These guys are looking. They're staring because they don't know. They don't know what Jesus has planned. They don't know what he's doing here. And another thing, you got to remember for 40 days he's been popping in and out. They, they're having a meeting somewhere behind closed doors. Pop, there's Jesus. Just out of nowhere, there he is. And then pop, he's gone. And he shows up on a road out there, you know, and he, these guys are walking. He pops in, he shows up with them, and he walks along. With, all these different things are going on where Jesus, for 40 days now, he's in and out, and they're going, all right, he went away, but surely, surely, I mean, he's... He, he might be coming back, right? He's going to come back. He's going to come back, float back down. He's going to bring us breakfast or lunch or whatever it is. He's going to grab something up there. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but, but, but they're thinking he may just show up. So in and out, he's been doing this, this exact same thing. He might show up again. So the disciples needed to hear from the angels, and, and, they, and they basically told him, look, Jesus has left. Don't linger expecting him immediately to return. That, that's what they told him. They, these guys understood it. As, he, as those angels told them that, and they heard those words, they understood that. Don't, why, why are you standing staring into, into the clouds? You know, he's going to come back. But the implication was he's not coming back right this second. So why are you standing there? Look, at some point it's silly to continue looking up into an empty sky, right? Yeah. You know, when the shuttle's gone, clouds are gone, I mean, at some point... Get back to life. you got to get back and get busy. All right, that's number two. So don't get ahead of me because I'm not done there yet. Number three, why the ascension is important. 
Why was it important? Well, Jesus had rose from the dead. Look, what if, what if Jesus had stayed here on earth? He's risen from the dead. And, and all these witnesses now, imagine this, 2,000 years later, say Jesus is living over in Jerusalem somewhere. He's over in Israel somewhere. Can you imagine the people that would flock to see Jesus? He's still alive. You would think, man, that, maybe that's the way. Here we are. We're thinking worldly. That's what Jesus should have done. He should have set up a freak show. Here, here's the guy that's lived 2,000 years. He's resurrected. He's alive. And everybody would go and we would think, yeah, we would think, oh, they would believe. Uh, really? Nah. Nah. They won't believe the scriptures. They're not going to believe that. I mean, we, 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 we know that. From, from different stories, we could, we could go into that. But God had a different plan. God had a better plan. And I want to mention some of the reasons why the Lord ascended. Number one, or, or point A there, is that Jesus was exalted. This was important. Jesus says in 1 John chapter 17, Jesus prays and, and he says, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Now, he prayed this before he went to the cross. But the work was, he had, um, look, he, I, I said one time, and people don't always understand this, Jesus didn't really die on the cross. Jesus died in the, in the, in the, in the garden because he died to self. He, 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 he said, your will not my will. And, and he prayed and he submitted himself to God's will. And at that point, he, he, it, there was no turning back. And so that commitment was made. He went, I'm doing this. He went to the cross. He died and he did what God sent him to do. And he says, oh, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Lord, back before God, back before Father, before I ever created, we ever moved in creation, before I created all that is, before that ever happened, I was glorified with you. Glorify me with you, together with you again. And, and so then in Philippians 2, we see this, uh, where the writing here says, Philippians 2, uh, verse 8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. That's what the Lord did. That was his, that was his work, was to come and to make a way of salvation, to come and to, to live that sinless life, to be the sinless sacrifice. The, it had to be sinless. And the Lord went sinlessly to that cross. He died on the cross for our sin. He did that for us. He humbled himself, became obedient to the death on the cross. And then verse 9, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me just tell you something this morning. Every person that has ever lived will bow their knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have either bowed your knee and your heart to him now for salvation, or you will bow your knee and acknowledge him as Lord to your damnation in, in the afterlife. Folks, we don't die and that's it. But every knee, uh, every head will bow, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue. Now, if you wait till you're on that side to confess that he's Lord, it'll be too late. But you will confess him as Lord. And you will bow your knee to him. Everyone will. It's so important. 
Jesus was exalted. B, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Look, it was important. He had, he, he, Acts 2.33 says, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, uh, poured out this which you now see and hear. He sent the Holy Spirit. The Lord went to heaven. When Jesus was taken up, the Holy Spirit was sent down. And folks, the Holy Spirit is here to guide us. Amen? Here to guide us, to teach us, to correct us, to convict us, to direct us, uh, to encourage us, to strengthen us, and discipline us. The work of the Holy Spirit. Look, the Holy Spirit is to, it was sent to be everywhere, all the time, with every believer, in every situation, for all of time. Amen? Amen. So, so the, the, the Holy Spirit... The Lord had to go in order to send the Holy Spirit. He had promised. And if you go back and you, and you read there in verse uh, 7, verse uh, 8, it says the Holy Spirit, verse, verse 5, and Jesus truly baptized with water, but, you, but John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he ascended to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit that he had promised to send, the Comforter would come. And so when Jesus came down or went up, the Holy Spirit came down, and we needed that. We wanted that. See, Jesus sent, uh, uh, went to prepare a place for us. And we know this. John 14, verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's another reason it was important for Jesus to go, to ascend to heaven. He's been up there, imagine now, for 2,000 years, he's been there preparing a place for us. I don't know, I don't know what it's going to be like, and I, I, don't, I, I don't get caught up in that stuff. I, I, I tell people, I'm not a hugely materialistic person. I'm, I'm shallow in some areas. That may be not the shallow area. I, I'm just not hugely materialistic. So when, when we talk about, you know, whoa, the streets of gold, some people get all excited about that because of the gold. I mean, heaven paves the road with gold, you know. That's what gold means there. So, uh, but it says he's preparing a place for us. Now, that has to be something amazing. Amen. And whatever God has for us, Praise God, I, I, I want it. I'll take it if he's preparing it for us. Um, but, but I'm not, that doesn't drive me. Uh, that, that, that having a mansion in heaven doesn't drive I'll tell you what drives me. I, I'd love to have a big crown to put at his feet. Amen. That motivates me. To hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That, that drives me. Uh, we have to be careful. We, we don't let our worldly, our worldly desires drive us in the, in the, in the view of, of heaven and things in the future. Uh, but I, w- I want the Lord, I want to be like that golden retriever. Just pat me on the head. Good job. Well done. Man, I can go. You, you, you know, most of us can go, was it 30 or 60 days on a single compliment? I think Mark Twain said that. He said, I can, go, I can go 30 days on a single compliment. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Can you imagine what you can go on when the Lord says, well done? I can go all eternity on well done. Amen. I can go all eternity. That's what motivates me. D, Jesus is there. Listen, he's there for us. He's there for us. Now, I don't know that I recommend the movie. I probably shouldn't even reference it, but it makes a good illustration. How many of you saw the movie, A Few Good Men? Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson. Okay. How many of you saw that? There's a, there's a line in there where they've got the, 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 the general or major or whatever he is, and, 
Jack Nicholson's character and they have him on, on the, the stand and, and they keep going back and forth and he's making this big self-righteous speech about, he says, he says, listen, he said, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You know, he's just, it, in his, in his, it's just very arrogant, you know, that you need me. And the truth is we do. We want those men that are serving and I'm not belittling that at all. We need them out there. We want our, our servicemen out there serving us. He says that. You need me. You want me. Look, here's the deal. We need Jesus in heaven to intercede for us. We need him there. We want him there interceding for us because Jesus pleads our case before the very throne of God. Listen, he understands us. Hebrews 4, 14 and 15 says, seeing then that, that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He understands us. He's lived this life. He understands, folks, what you're going through. The challenges you have today, you go, oh, well, he couldn't understand what I'm going through. He is no way. He, he understands, folks. He, he was in all ways tempted as we are, yet without sin. He did not fail. He did not fall into sin. He understands us, but he also, he intercedes for us. Hebrews 9, 24, For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. He's appearing in the presence of God for us. He's there representing, he's interceding for us. Romans 8, 34, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. He intercedes for us. I thank him for that. When I don't know what to say, when I don't know how to pray, when I don't know what I need, he's interceding. He's talking to the Father for us. And then he advocates for us. You understand we have an adversary, right? 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We have an adversary. Revelation 12, 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our, day, our God day and night has been cast down. So we know from Revelation that, that Satan is our accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. So what does that mean, he's the accuser? Well, it, it means when you're going down the road and you told somebody because they cut you off in traffic, you told them they were number one in your book. You got all mad and you said a few things. Well, maybe you didn't say it, but you thought it really loud. And, and, or, or, or somebody did something you, oh, I can't believe they did that to me. <laughs> or you gossiped about somebody or, or, or you screamed at your, your wife or your husband this morning or you, you, know, you slapped your kids. They might have deserved it, but you slapped you and you shouldn't have done that. Whatever it is, when we fall, when we sin, anybody in here not sin today? Anybody? I'm looking for a hand. All right, all right. Because I was going to say you've now sinned if you did raise your hand because now you've lied. You know, you're, you've deceived yourself. Because the fact is, I, I mean, can we even go a few minutes without sinning? Can we go a few minutes without a wrong thought or a wrong attitude or action or something? I don't know. I had a pastor one time. I was riding with him, and, and he's telling me, he said, he said he had gone three days one time without sinning. I'm trying to get out of the car. We're running 60, and I want to get out for the, before the lightning hits. And this is the same time he's telling me, he's when he get out of the road. He's wanting to, he said, good thing don't let me take hand grenades. 
Because he was like, well, I'm ready to throw hand grenades out on the interstate. He was very impatient. But he'd gone three days without sin. I'm like, folks, understand, we sin. And when we sin, the devil is there accusing us. See? See, God? That Raymond. He thinks he's all that. He teaches a class. He stands up and proclaims. But look at him. He sinned, God. See what he said? And Jesus said, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, here's what happens when Satan accuses. You know, Jesus steps in and advocates. And, and he says to the Father, he says, Father, I've paid for that sin. It's under the blood. First John 2, 1, my little children, these things I have written to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's our advocate. We want him there. We want Jesus there. And, and, and so God had a better plan, and so he's there. Number four is this. Jesus' ascension shows he was coming back. All right, so I got ahead of it, and you, you guys got all ahead of me going, oh, you're speaking heresy. He is coming back. He is coming back. Listen, the angels were saying this. They said, look, Jesus has gone for a while, but know this, he will return one day. And while they were saying, why are you standing here watching for him to come back? Look, he, this same Jesus, he's going to come back, but, but not right now. He's going to come back another day. So what they were telling the disciples there, they're not talking, they're not speaking of the rapture. All right, so that's the next event in the timeline of history, his return. Folks, his return is imminent. I believe that. At any moment, the Lord Jesus can return and, and call us back. Now, when I talk about he can return, I'm talking about the rapture. We're not talking about the second coming. The angels were speaking of the second coming. Now, understand... If the rapture comes, we're, we're seven years from the second coming, which means if we're close to the second coming, if we look at the signs, and we've been going through prophecy on Wednesday nights, just kind of getting started there. If we're that close to the second coming, that means that we're within seven years of being raptured out of here. So as we see those signs coming, we need to be ready. They're, they're saying he's coming back, and they're talking about the second coming. But we think about the rapture, and he is coming back. He's coming back for the church, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of, of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And that's a great passage. And it speaks of the rapture. When the Lord is going to shout, he's going, they're going to blow a trumpet. He's going to shout. I don't know all the, what, what it's going to sound like, but it's going to be heaven to us. And we're going to be gone. It's that, you know, you hear a loud noise of the rapture drill. Maybe that's it. Come on. We're ready. I'm ready. The rapture's coming. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, listen, in the twinkling of an eye. Well, how fast is that? Well, that's as fast as the light turns green and the car behind you honks. That's the twink. Maybe it's a little quicker. Twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and, sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. That's the rapture. But the angels said this. They said, who also said, men of Galilee... Why do you stand gazing up in, into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will, will so come in like manner as you saw him go up into heaven. So A, this same man will return. That's what they were saying. He's coming back. Note the angel's words. This same Jesus. Jesus left earth physically and Jesus will return to the earth physically. 
the one who healed the leper, the one who healed the blind, the lame, the mute, and, and, and the man with the withered hand, the one who cast out demons and brought, and brought the dead to life. This same Jesus who was involved in creation, he created it all, folks. This same Jesus, just as surely as he hung on that old rugged cross, and be assured that this same Jesus now sits to the right hand of the Father in heaven. This same Jesus who they spat upon and they beat is the same Jesus that is now crowned in the throne room of heaven. Not a different Jesus, but this same Jesus. And this same Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. B, by the same method, he'll return. So it's the same man, the same Jesus is coming back, but he's going to come back by the same method. So mark this fact as well. See, Jesus didn't disappear like Captain Kirk being, being beamed up. He didn't just, and, and you know, he vanished here and he's gone. We're like, whoa, whoa, what happened? He'd already been doing that. He'd walked through doors. He had showed up and disappeared. He had done those things. He didn't just disappear at this point. He, he rose up and he continued to rise up until the clouds covered him. While they watched, he was taken up and the cloud covered him out of their sight. The angels are speaking of his second coming at this point. That's what they're talking about. And this same Jesus who was taking up from you into heaven will soon come in like manner as you saw him go up. So just as Jesus physically left the earth and was hidden by a cloud, the Bible tells us a cloud will bring him physically back to earth one day. So I don't know that Jesus is coming back on one of those days where there's not a cloud in the sky. I think he's coming. Or maybe he will. Maybe that would be even more obvious because here comes this cloud and he's riding in on a cloud like a chariot. He's going to come in, but he's going to come back in like manner. They're going to see him that way. And Jesus told the people in Mark chapter 14, verse 62, he says, You will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds in heaven. He's going to come back the same way he went away. As a in his physical body, the same Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back the same way. Now, there's three differences, three differences. The ascension was private. The disciples were there, but the second coming is going to be public. It'll be public. In fact, in fact it'll be so public, but Revelation 1.17 says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. Every eye. Listen, even those who pierced him, those who have been long dead, will see him. Those who died in their sin, they will see. Every eye will see him. Now, that's one of the things that we read in Scripture. We go, well, how in the world you know, could that be? Well, there was a day where that could not have been. How could the Lord have come uh, over Jerusalem and people on the other side of the world seen him? Today, you, you, you can have a cell phone. And, and I, I, everywhere I've been, I've been some pretty remote places. Everywhere I've been in the world, they got cell phones. They may not have power or running water, but they got a cell phone. And they'll, they'll, they're, they're going to be, the technology's going to be, we're working now on getting wireless internet all over the face of the earth. Don't tell me these things aren't coming together for all of this. It's all right here. But it'll be very public. Every eye will see. The technology will allow for that. Every eye will see it the instant he comes back. The ascension was local, and he was just outside of Jerusalem, but the second coming will be global. It will be seen globally. It will affect the entire earth. Um, They'll experience his return in the holy city, in the eternal city, in the forbidden city, in the steel city, in the emerald city, and even in the city beautiful. They go, everywhere, we're going to, they're, they're going to experience it because I'm not planning to be here. I'm planning to come with him. I'm going to be in that group because look here. Number three is, and while he was taken up alone, he will return with a multitude. 
Those that have been raptured up, those who, who, who had died in Christ and were raptured up, and then we who are alive, believers, were raptured up, we're coming back. We're going to make up that multitude, 1 Thessalonians 4.14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. We're going, we're going to come back with him. So we're going to see it. We're just going to see it from a different perspective, a better perspective. C. And we're going to wrap up here. Pastor Aaron, I, you guys can go ahead and start making your way up here. I'm going to wrap up right here. C is um, we must heed this same message before his return. So the message was, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Look, there's three types of people. This is not original. I was telling one of the pastors this week what I was preaching Sunday, and he says, oh, I outlined that, that this way. And he described these three things. So he's getting a little bullet point. So Eric Allen, I'm giving you a shout out here. He said there's three types of people here. You got gazers, okay? They're, they're always looking and never going. We got folks today that are so caught up with looking to the sky, looking, oh, he, he may come back, he may come back. And they're so busy looking that they're not going. But then you got grazers. So you got gazers, then you got grazers. And grazers are those who are always learning. They can tell you every toe uh, uh, of the statue. They can tell you what those toes represented, what they meant, every section of that. They've got it all laid out. They can recognize the Antichrist at a thousand yards. And, and listen, they never apply what they're learning. So you can be a gazer or you can be a grazer or we can be what God wants us to be and what he's questioning us here. Why are you standing gazing up into heaven? What he wants us to be is gatherers. He wants us to be gatherers. He wants us to be goers and doers. He wants us to be doers of the word, not hearers only. He wants us to be soul winners. Folks, there's, there's coming a day where we can't work anymore. And, and, you know, last week we, we looked at, you know, why are you standing around idle? This message really hits the same nail this morning. It's why, why are we standing idle? Why are we standing gazing into the heavens, looking for Jesus' return? He's coming, and we ain't going to miss it. If you're born again, I promise you, it's not like, well, I, man, I didn't see him. I didn't know I was supposed to get on the tram. I didn't know. No, when he calls, we're going. You're not going to miss it. But what he tells us to do is to go and make disciples. And that's what we're called to do is to be gatherers. If we go back to verse 7, and he said to them, It is not for you to know times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the simple question this morning for us as we wrap this up is, which are you this morning? Are you a gazer? Are you busy looking but not going, not doing? Are you a, are you a grazer? Man, I love the Word of God. And you study the Word of God, but you're not applying the Word of God. You're not living out the Word of God. Or... Are you going? Are you going? Are you going and doing? You know, what, what can we do? You know, our call is, is, is to evangelize. It's to love our neighbor. You know, 
Love God, love people, serve the world. If we truly love God, we want to share Him with everybody else. If I love my neighbor as myself, now I'm telling you, when I think about that, um, if I were lost and going to hell, would I want somebody to tell me, yes. Our neighbor may not even know what he doesn't know, but we need to be telling, we need to be going, we need to be sharing, we need to be evangelizing. And folks, that starts right here. In fact, when we leave out of here in just a few minutes, you, you're, you're going to all dismiss. You're going to probably, you, you're going to go home to eat or you're going to go to a restaurant to eat, something. You've got opportunities you leave here to go out and evangelize. You get a chance to be a gatherer, to pull people into the kingdom of God. But we, we can be involved with that. We can be involved with mission work and evangelistic work that's, that's local and national. And we can be involved in, in evangelism, missions, which is over there, where we send somebody out. We send somebody to go and plant a church over in, in, in Africa. Or, or, or we, we help somebody that's in Tajikistan who's making disciples or, or translators for the Bible in Papua New Guinea, whatever it is. We, we, we can be a part of that world evangelism, sending missionaries. We can be a part of that. It's, it's fine to look, but it's not fine to stand around gazing into the sky. The angel said, why do you stand gazing into heaven? There's so much to do. The challenge this morning is, believer, what are you doing to further the gospel? What are you doing to share the gospel? That's the call on every believer's life. Evangelize. We're going to give you a lot of opportunities, I promise you, coming up to be involved with world missions. Even more so than we already are right now. I, I, I almost get ahead of myself because come December, that first uh, Sunday in December, we're going, we're going to have a great, great day as, as we just share with you some vision for our church for this coming year. It, it's going to be incredible. You're going to have an opportunity to be involved with that. But we don't have to wait till then. We can be involved in the mission right now of evangelizing lost people all around us. So this morning, where are you? Maybe this morning you're sitting here and you'd say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'd love to be involved with all those things, but I don't even know Jesus as my Savior. I'm, I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd spend eternity in heaven. I'd love to take the Scriptures and sit down with you and, and, and introduce you to Jesus Christ this morning. I'd love to do that. And if that's you this morning... Listen, there's nothing more important. It don't matter how many people are sitting here. They, they would celebrate with you if you got out of the, the pew and walked down this aisle and came and talked to me this morning. They would celebrate with you. They would be praying for you. Maybe this morning, you know, you say, you know what, I've been a bit of a, a gazer. I, maybe I've been a bit of a grazer, but I really haven't been the gatherer I need to be. And I want to do that. Maybe this morning there's somebody on your heart that needs to be saved. I'd invite you to come and, and get on your face before God at this altar here and lift their names up to God. Pray for them. Put them here. Put them at His feet and ask for Him to intercede in their life and then to use you to be a, 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 a voice into their life for truth. Stand with me if you would. Father.